0: It's your buddy. It's your buddy, Christian. Just leave me alone. Why don't you like we me talked, anymore?
1: We talked about this.
0: Why did we? Why did you stop wanting to do the show? Christian, what?
1: It's two. It's it's two o'clock in the morning.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter, bro. Like we're friends. We need to talk this shit out.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, we've had a rough patch.
0: <laughs> I have to tell you something for real, though. Are you it's okay? it's is, it, no, is it's a, Miranda. Okay. It, yeah, she's fine. It's about the new the new season of good. Okay. We have sponsors now. Oh my God, no. <laughs> Why no? Because
1: <laughs> then we have to do like the thing where we, where we say like the... Um...
0: Yeah, like this. Listen. This season of good is sponsored by Kessler Crane. Manufacturers of innovative tools for filmmakers. Make sure to check out KesslerCrane.com for more info. This season of Good is also sponsored by Musicbed. Musicbed has been changing the game when it comes to music licensing for filmmakers through curating the best indie music in the world. We personally use them all the time, so make sure you do too. For more info, check out musicbed.com. Now here's the show.
2: Hey everyone,
1: my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is good.
0: Hey, Jared. Uh, it's here. We're, we're we're we've made it season 2. We did it. A lot of big things coming. Not not to say that season 1 wasn't good. But season 2 I feel like we stepped it up. We're taking it up a up little. A notch. We're taking it up a notch. Not 2, not 3. A notch. Yeah. And we don't want no, to do too,
1: let's not get, too much too fast.
0: Yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Before we get into the show, though, let's just take care of some business for our listeners. Do you want to start off? The Do you want to tell them what's what's up first? Mm,
1: first thing, look in the mirror. What do you see? Take it off and make room for your new T-shirt.
0: <laughs> That's right, people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks, Christian.
0: You know, it's a, weird, it's a weird thing when you make something and then you put that thing on a T-shirt. And mm-hmm. um, we've reached that point. And uh, all you got to do is, is go to the, our website, go to thepodcast.com, and buy yourself a little thing. Mm-hmm. Item of business number two. Uh, last last season of the, the show, we were pretty horrible at updating our website. That's changed this season. And we're, we're putting on our big boy podcast pants.
1: Namely, we've had uh, some reinforcements come in. My old friend, your new friend, Mary Taylor, will be producing a Good, the podcast, for us this season. So, round of applause from Mary. Okay. Um, so, she'll be responsible for keeping us in tip-top shape. And uh, we'll have show notes this season. And uh, So any information that we discuss during the episode, make sure to go back and check it out uh, on the website. And any links or videos that we talk about or anything that we reference, we'll make sure to put up in the show notes as
0: well. Yep. And uh, Jared, let's jump into today's episode. Okay. Who are we we talking to?
1: Academy Award-nominated cinematographer James Laxton, uh, the DP of Moonlight, will be joining us
0: today. By far one of our favorite interviews that we've ever done. Uh, he was incredibly uh, humble, down to earth, and super helpful with just giving out information about anything that we had interest in. So, um, yeah. without further ado, Jaron,
1: um, let's let's <laughs> do it.
0: Let's do the show,
1: <laughs> James. I'm I'm looking at a picture of you right now on IMDb, and you are wearing a sh- like shirt. Shorts combo with um sharks on it—is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, no.
2: So, they're, uh, yeah, no. Um, so they're actually, I think, birds. Uh, technically. Birds. They're technically birds, but it's a—it's um, a favorite outfit of mine. I wear it on my happy days out on set.
1: Oh, that's great. Or, or <laughs> that's great. Zone. Yeah. Do you have like a set uniform when you go shoot?
2: If I had like five pairs of things like that, they—that would probably be my set uniform. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about you? Um, You know, this isn't professional but fun. I wear a uniform, but I have a good time while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's
1: co- that communicates a really important message, I think.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. James, thanks for coming on the show. I think like a little bit of like uh, congratulations is an order for the crazy. I don't know. Does it feel crazy to you for, you know, Moonlight just coming out mm-hmm. and, the reviews that it's getting and everything like does it feel crazy to you and, and yeah you know so, thank I mean? you very
2: much uh you know I, I appreciate it so yeah it definitely is a little crazy i don't think i mean i knew when we left miami we'd made a pretty solid film um i think we knew that right we didn't mess it up i guess i'll, I'll put it that way <laughs> um, <laughs> and but you know you never i don't think you ever know what people are going to think of your work until it actually you know is released out into the world and and the special thing about Moonlight is it's one of those moments where your work resonated with people, and and, and you know right. somehow what you did uh, was you know was at least you know good enough to have people respond in in, in, a, in a way that you hoped. Um, but yeah, no, I, I had no idea. I don't I don't think it would, it would have ever yeah. been like this. Obviously,
0: but- yeah. I always thought it'd be interesting to like. Like be me and Jared are, I haven't made features yet. Uh, I made one, but it was a documentary, so it's kind of a little bit more. It counts. Like, uh, yeah, it counts. <laughs> but it's it not counts, as uh, <laughs> the whole time you're you're feeling like I don't know if this is going to be any good, and it's still like a year out, you know, from anything anybody's seen anything. But I always wanted to know, like on a on a narrative kind of feature system. Like, do you know when things are going wrong? You know, you've made a quite a quite a bit of features and stuff. Do you know when things are going wrong? When things are going right? Like, can you see into yeah. you know past? Yeah, no, I,
2: I think you're always you can always be surprised. Um, I mean, the edit can definitely change a lot of things in in, in, in hopefully positive ways. But I think when you're on set. There's a sometimes, you know, and oftentimes anyway, when it's working out, a sort of a palpable feeling amongst not just yourself, yeah. but you can look at the director in the director's eyes, and, and that you can see it in their eyes, they they feel like they're they're onto something. You can see it in the cast's mm-hmm. eyes when the, you know when, when when we we finish a scene and and you know you look at them and they know they just sort of gave it to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think there's there's little clues like that. Um, you know, along the way and, and, and you can feel it inside yourself as well. When you sort of finish a scene or you finish a shot and, uh, you know, you know, it, just, it just felt, felt great or felt, felt right. Um, so you know, right. but then yeah, you can get surprised later on too. I mean, editing is obviously a crucial element to this whole process, and yeah. and th- those people are yeah. magicians um, as well. And 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 sometimes they they find amazing moments that you didn't realize that were happening on mm. set. Um, right. So yeah, but you know, on Moonlight, I think you could definitely tell. I think there was um, you know a feeling in the air, and it, even amongst the crew as well, there, were, there was we were onto something special. Um,
0: yeah. Do you remember one of those moments by chance? Like maybe the first one, like the first time you guys were like kind of started looking at each other, you know,
2: the the one that comes to mind may not have been the first one, but it's the one that I, you know, I, I I do remember and I've actually even heard Barry talk about it, the director of Moonlight, you know, when we were shooting the scene, uh, it's in story two of Moonlight and it's a, a scene that takes place out front of, uh, the mother's apartment where, um. Yeah, the main characters come home from spending the night uh, at another person's house and um, is greeted by the mom there. And there's this moment where Barry wanted the cast to look directly into the lens and 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 speak to the audience directly. If they're the main yeah. character, and it's the it's the shot of of uh, the mother uh, Paula uh, played by Nomi Harris. Um, you know, and we were doing that shot. Uh, we would intended to only do it for a couple lines but Naomi just kept going (laughs) and I just Mm -hmm. kept going and I followed her to the door and we, I just kept sort of trying to play the role of, of, of Chiron, the main character of the film and, you know, looking where he would look and, 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 and his mom throughout this scene and all the way inside the, in the apartment. And I think that was when you could sort of feel this sense of like, Oh wow. Like that was powerful. And, uh, I don't know where that came from. It was sort of uh, unrehearsed and we didn't decide to take it that far, but we did right. and, and then you know those th- that feeling just kind of like erupted and I think uh, we all got kind of swept up into it a little bit there. How long was uh, the production? We shot for 25 days. I had, I think four weeks of prep, but um, you know something I joke about because I'm so close, friends with Barry, the director of the film, and we've done uh, you know a bunch of work before this that, you know, our our pre-production at this point is 15 years on any (laughs) project we have. Uh, So, so while technically that's a, you know, it's, I mean, average prep time for an independent film um, in the U.S. anyway, uh, I, you know, we're lucky to sort of have a relationship, you know, in and outside of the business that we get to sort of like talk and have conversations in a more relaxed kind of setting and thing that helps a lot.
0: How long? So you guys, you guys went to film school? We did. Yeah. We
2: met sort of early on in film school, um, you know, sort of.
0: Is that kind of where the, by fourteen years is that kind of, What you yeah. met, like? You guys started. Talking I mean, not about this?
2: this project p- specifically. I just mean to say, like on any project yeah. that we approach at this point, like there's just so right. much history to sort of
0: you know, okay, okay, kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. bring
2: up into any conversation. Um, but yeah, we met we met there, and we sort of you know the truth is we learned to make movies together. I mean, so yeah, so yeah. his education is yeah. my education, and. And uh, and we we taught we taught each other plenty of lessons, uh, you know, and and and, and, and uh, you know brought brought a lot to the table. So even early on in our relationships, we sort of you know we went to a school that's not you know traditionally known as a as a strong film school, I guess, even though that's changing, I think. But you know, it's not like an NYU or UCLA or like that. Right. Um, so we were left to our own sort of like, even though we had great teachers, we were left to, to our own like devices in, in the sense of like not being you know in a place that's pressured to. Do anything that would, you know, score you that massive internship at the, the studio next door, yeah, or yeah. or whatever. So, it, it, you know, we 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 I think all of us in in those classes brought a lot to the table in terms of sort of um, the collaborative process in our in our early film school years.
1: I guess, like you know, you made a number of features or, or DP'd a number of features. What's the difference, I guess, for you working with somebody like Barry who you've known for a long time, and somebody who you're working with maybe for the first time?
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean. Trust is a word I think that we all like and, and love and want out of a relationship with with um with the director, uh, and I'm sure the directors want that out of the DP as well. But it's something that doesn't come easy, I think. Yeah, um, and it's something that I think is overlooked oftentimes in especially you know lower budget independent films where you can only afford to have you know three weeks or four weeks and or yeah. whatever five weeks of pre production because. The truth is, to ask anyone to sort of get to know each other that well in that short amount of time is kind of impossible. Mm. Um, You know, as much as we we try to pack it in and and, and spend as much time with each other as we can, and and even when we're gelling that, you know, even then, you know, the idea of, you know, inherent trust in someone and and, and that kind of collaborator um, is really a challenge, I think. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, because, you know, for example, when working with Barry, there's plenty of times when... Um, he'll ask me to do something and I don't actually understand what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I'll do it anyway. And about five minutes later, I'll realize what he was talking about. And I mm, think the same yeah. can be said for him too. And I, you know, I'll, I'll say something, why don't we try this weird idea, just that I don't often get a no from him. And I don't think he mm. often gets a no from me.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I think we both know each other well enough to try what the other person's sort of hoping for. Yeah. And, and, you know, nine times out of 10 or even maybe I wouldn't, I don't even know maybe I would just say 10 times out of 10, that thing ends up working out really well. Uh, But you try to ask someone that you just met maybe four weeks ago or three weeks ago to try this idea you had. And the idea that if they don't understand what you're looking for, you know, you're going to get a no (laughs) (laughs) and that's not, that's not a fault to into them whatsoever. That's just inherent in the, in the collaborative process when you're just starting to work with someone. Um, you know, stakes are high, stress is high, you're working fast. You can't afford to like, Hey, let's go try this for a couple hours. And if it doesn't work out, we'll try That isn't really sort of how I think you make independent films in in this country anyway.
1: Um,
2: so, so that element of trust is really, really important. Um, and something that I guess I just feel lucky to have with Barry, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen very often. I'll, I'll say that for sure.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, for for you uh James what is your favorite
2: part of of the process as a mm-hmm. db uh you, you when you push that red button <laughs> 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 that's definitely my favorite part i mean i love pre-production you know scouting having yeah. coffee dreaming up weird ideas with people that's a lot of fun um you know you know in in in, in that in that stage of the game cuz you really sort of at that point you're um you know, the, the sky's the limit. Your ideas are, you can kind of go, go anywhere, and you can... That's a fun time, no doubt, but there's nothing like, you know, being on set, your hands yeah. on the camera, you, the actors in front of you, you know, the, the adrenaline and, you know, all that stuff is pumping through your body, and, and all of a sudden, the right. camera starts rolling, and, you know, either you're, if you're shooting film, you're hearing the whir of that magazine next to your ear, or, mm. or the, you know, that the beep that happens when you push, push record on these digital cameras. I mean, all that stuff sort of... Um, you know, I sort of feel like maybe it's the same feeling when, um, you're lining up for a, a race, like a, a sprint and yeah. like the, the, the gun goes off. That's kind of the feeling I have whenever I start to sort of roll.
0: Right. Maybe for a, for a second, kind of give me a start of when you first got into the film and I guess maybe how you found your, your place in cinematography as opposed to anything yeah, so, else. So,
2: um, <laughs> I'm lucky enough to come from a family that sort of was in the business. My mother is a costume yeah. designer, uh, and she had a, a crazy, amazing, fantastic career.
0: Her name's name is uh, Aggie yeah,
2: Rogers. Yeah, different last name, but she—I uh, she, mean, her career is out of control. Her first film was *The Conversation*. <laughs> wow. The second oh, wow. film was—I'm uh, oh, sorry—the first film was *Mega Feedy, The second film was *The Conversation*. Then she did *Return oh, of the Jedi*. You know, she's done Beetlejuice. Uh, she's oh had a yeah. I mean, it's nuts. So, so I grew up on sets a little bit. Like, I, I sort of was, you know, spring breaks, Christmas vacations. Those things were oftentimes, you know, uh, spent like, oh, let's go visit mom in Kentucky or let's go visit mom in somewhere wow. else. So I would then get, you know, a, mom would bring me around to set and, you know, she was busy. So she would drop me off very often, especially as I got to maybe be like, oh, I don't know, 10 years old and, and older, She would just walk up to the camera truck and and, and, in the morning and say, "Hey, you know, take care of this kid."
1: That's amazing. (laughs) And I would just walk
2: on this very cheapest little kid. Like, I guess I need to hang out with you guys. Um, (laughs) And they would, you know, they were you know kind guys. They were all professionals, really good at their job, and they'd be like, "All right, sit here on this case, and we're gonna, you know, we're you know, as as I got older, they would like let me." you know, calibrate their lenses with them to maybe, you know, bring out the measuring tape, and make sure the markings are correct, and all those things. And um, I think I got swept up in the in the circus a little bit. Like I first the first thing I fell in love with actually, I think, was the process of making films. Mm-hmm. All these yeah, different departments, yeah. the, the crazy energy on set, and just people yelling. I don't know what their problem is, but that seems interesting. Uh, and then there's this, like, really, you get really quiet when the actors come on set, and you're really sensitive to their process, and all, like, the, these hundreds and hundreds of people are, like, all of a sudden whispering, and that was kind of exciting as a kid, and so I think the first thing I fell in love with was, like, the process by which you make a movie seemed really exciting, um, uh, and, and then as I got older, like, oh, look into the lens, and that's kind of cool. Like, you know, I remember the first moment I looked into, into the lens, it was on a, a film called Mr. Holland's Opus, uh oh and I remember it like, <laughs> they, they let me sit on the dolly and put my eye up to the eyepiece and I looked through the lens and it was one of those scenes in the in the classroom <laughs> with the grand piano there and it's like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. Uh <laughs> and so I think all these things sort of you know roll into the idea. And I think that the the camera department specifically was this place where like, you know, as a child, they have all the cool toys. Yeah. Like these yeah. guys right. have all like these weird gadgets and they're doing things with them. And to me that was like, oh, there's like those are my toys at home. I, like, I can play with things as an adult. Like, that seems kind of fun. Uh, and I think that yeah. so that was the first thing, I'd say. And then, you know, as I got to be a teenager and 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, started to understand, oh, then you tell stories with these things. Oh, I get it. Got it. Uh, that seems interesting. Let's, let's learn how to tell a story. That seems mm-hmm. cool. Um, and then I sort of started to fall in love with, like, you know, just being creative at that point as well, um, being able to sort of express myself and understand the medium, you know, not well, but, but enough to sort of go like, okay, well, this is, if you do this thing, it evokes this sort of feeling or message. And, and then that was exciting too. So, yeah, I guess that's the sort of the beginnings.
1: Mm, that's amazing. <laughs> I <laughs> was like, as you, I was trying not to get distracted, but I was like looking at all
2: your mom's like credits.
1: Yeah, no, she, she,
2: you know, she's, you know, fell into it at the right time. I mean, she's from Fresno, California, uh, which is sort of a, a, a crazy place to come from to have the career that she's had. But I think the truth is, I think, at least the story that I remember her telling me was um, American Graffiti. You know, but prior to that, she was working in the theater. And I think she went in for the interview with, you know, those guys and basically was the young girl from the kind of place that movie takes place in wow. that era yeah. and like in the Central Valley of California. And they were just like, OK, well, this girl knows. But, you know, she lived it. She gets it. Let's give her a shot. Um, and and then, she did a good job and just kind of kept running at it. But, but but it sort of took that amazing break on this movie that at the time, I don't think anyone really knew anything about. Um, and these guys to sort of take a chance on this girl from central, central Valley, California.
1: That's amazing. Quite a story. Um, okay. So James, um, you know, you made a lot of films now I'm assuming, well, I know I'm sure that you're turning down, you know, films that people are, are bringing to you. What is it that kind of catches your eye though uh, and makes you want to say yes? Like, is it a director? Is it a story? Is it case by case?
2: It's a fa- yeah. It's a question I'm sort of grappling with for the first time, really um, this idea of like, Oh, I need to be specific about what I do next. Um, and I think it's gotta be all those things. I think there's lots of boxes you got to check to, 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 to make, to, you know, find the right kind of project going forward. Yeah, you know it's the director. I, you know, I think the truth is what, what I'm really looking for is someone who wants me to be creative in the way that I want to be creative. Hmm. I've, I've come yeah. across filmmakers in the past where you know they're really great people and they want the best for the project. They want the best for me as well, and they oftentimes say to be you know, um, you know, really do whatever you want, man. Like I, you know, I, I, I hired you. I, I trust you. You're a great DP. Um, you know, tr- try whatever you think is best. Um, and what I've realized is that is actually somewhat a recipe for disaster a little bit. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. And the truth is, I think you want someone who knows how to push you to get what, you know, the best out of you and wants to challenge you and wants to, um, like actively wants you to do a specific thing that you're good at. Meaning like, you know, too specific is not so good sometimes, but too vague is not so good either. Uh, Cause you can get lost in things and you can ultimately make two different movies. Cause you know, I'm not in charge of how the actors are performing and I'm not in charge of the production design. And I'm, so if you give me carte blanche and say, do whatever you want, um, I'm not, I, I may not be doing things that are, you know, congruent with what I, what other departments are up to. And that's why the director is so important. Yeah. For, you know, we need more reasons than that. But so to have someone that, that knows how to fit, you know, my creative voice into what they're doing and knows how to you know get that out of me in that way. I think that's a pretty critical thing because you know, I don't know. The, yeah. Like the idea of you know, um, like Moonlight is, is, is a film that I think I really sort of found my voice with on some level. I'm mm. you know really excited by that. Um, and what I'm hoping for is someone to come around that like wants not do, me to do the same thing because that's that's not never good. But wants right. someone wants something from me that you know they, they see that they see their movie in my voice some, somewhere. And they know how to get that get that out of me.
0: You know, mm-hmm. what do you think uh, that was like when you saw it, or when you felt it? Like what what made that happen? Like we felt like this. Yeah, was, uh, was it after the fact? No, or was I think it, it was during? during. The truth. Is, I think it was during. I, I think it's hard to it's hard, it's hard to describe one's style,
2: right? Like you don't think yeah. it's probably easier for someone else to kind of critique you and say, "This is what James does well." <laughs> right. um, I don't know if I yeah. can do it myself, but I think I respond generally to images that are. Um, that kind of they tell nuance in in epic scope, does that make sense at all? like yeah sure you know meaning like they, they tell a very subtle and, and small story in a really massive way. I think that's something that hmm. I really sort of really get at get like love and, and, and try to find um, in my work now and, and and I've been searching for a long time, but I think with moonlight, I finally got a, a like a canvas that that sort of wanted that out of me a little bit.
1: Hmm. What do you think yeah. that, um, if you had to like, uh, generate like some, some references of like, where you've seen that kind of before in cinema, what would you, what would you name?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, uh, that's tough, but I think I'm sure these are all wrong answers and I'm sure there's better <laughs> answers, but, but to, start, to start the mistakes, I'll, I'll start by saying, um, I think, I think girlhood is a great example. Um, I think clockers is a great example. Mm. Uh, I think Claire Denis work in general is a great example. Um, specifically I, I, you know, my favorite work of hers is, uh, the intruder, but also, you know, as well. But I think these filmmakers sort of, they, they tend to sort of have a sense of the really intimate, subtle nuanced moments, but the way in which they're performed and captured seems to have like a really big impact. Uh, at least on me, yeah. the viewer. And I imagine the same would go for the cinematographers of, the, of those shows as well.
0: Wow. Huh. yeah. Yeah. What are some of those things on set that um, Barry kind of, like, pushed you towards? Like yeah, you that's interesting. Um, so I
2: think <laughs> – that's funny. Uh, I think he does two things. I think the first thing is we're both very physical people on set like we stand up with the actors we're moving around we're, we're lifting things up and I think he mm-hmm. loves physically pushing me in places and uh like <laughs> no no like, you know like get closer push closer get in there tighter like you know and really immerse mm-hmm. the camera within the scene I think that's something he does and it's mm-hmm. something I love too I like yeah sometimes we have a hesitancy as DPs to sort of um uh at least I'll put my I'll say myself I have a hesitancy myself and sometimes getting too close to an actor while they're performing Uh, because I'm concerned that I'm in their space and I'm messing their, their world up. But uh, sometimes, you know, and this is another thing I love about about making movies is like you can really get in there and actually um, uh, we can work off each other as performers, as, as cinematographers, and and the energy that's in there uh, is palpable and you can kind of, that can feed each of us a little bit. So I think Barry does that a little bit pushes, pushes me to oftentimes be physically closer, which I think is great. Um, and I think, you know, I think again, not to be too vague, but he tends to, uh, not, not want to play it safe. Meaning like, let's not just do five close ups here. Let's move the camera in a certain way. Let's, yeah. find a way to 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 push the the the, the language we're using here mm-hmm. into a place that's is, you know not just style driven but also uh you know um a part of a part of what the story is telling and and whose 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 perspective we're in and he kind of asks all these kind of questions of me as we're as we're getting into a scene and i think all those things are really really healthy and really important to kind of you know establishing a voice establishing a, a language you know in, into a movie.
0: Yeah. Could you kind of describe to me your process or the way you figured out like when to do slow motion in moonlight? You know what I mean. Because every time that it did it, it said something very specific, and it almost felt maybe not the same shot for each you know chapter, but like uh, it felt very similar. Was was that in pre-production or was that on set? You guys trying to figure something out? Um, I think
2: I think those, if I remember correctly, those were actually written to the shot list. So we would have these moments where we knew we wanted to kind of like. Um, uh again going back to the scope idea of these small moments and but the presenting them as big like we it's tough the movie is on one level a very you know character-driven uh you know um, subtle subtly realistically performed at times film uh, but we wanted to really sort of like squeeze every drop of emotion and intention, and infuse that into the, into the film. And so the slow motion moments were just really all about like, Hey audience, um, this is something really important going on right now. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it wasn't like, let's insert of right. this and let's go, you know, it could be on a medium shot or whatever. Um, but like, not to, it wasn't about beating someone over the head with the, the messaging of the moment, but like for us, it was sort of moments that tended to sort of lend themselves to to a certain uh, emotional value that needed to sort of be in, a, in it presented in a way that was not, you know, um, yeah. realistically driven. And that goes in general for the whole film. I mean, uh, I, by no means, I think, is this like a neorealist depiction of a, of a, of a community, for example. Um, you know, yeah. Barry talks about this movie as a fever dream, which I think is wow. absolutely like, apt, actually, uh, which I love. You know, I think, you know, we've seen so many movies in the past kind of like present, you know, um, you know, communities like these or, or situations like these in these ways that, um, you know, uh, we get it. It's, it's rough out there. It's tough. Ta- it's hard. Yeah. Uh, but we wanted to sort of present a, a different perspective onto it that, you know, I, I mean, hopefully, you know, I, I think anyway, it hasn't been, been been seen yet.
1: What other kind of, um, like visual motifs did you guys decide on and get really excited about that actually made it to screen beforehand? Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, definitely those in the camera stuff, like when people yeah. are performing into the lens, uh, yeah. that was, that was definitely a discussion we, we sort of had early on and, and again, wanted to create like that a very immersive dream, like experience for someone. Right. Um, yeah. so that was definitely, that was definitely in there for sure. Um, um, I'd say that's the only one I can think of right now. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few, but, but yeah, uh, you know, um,
1: was there anything that you had, um,
2: that you were really excited about
1: that didn't make the cut?
2: <laughs> uh not really I mean I, I was just looking at some outtakes the other night um but and as I'm, I'm happy with them they're all, you know they, they they're they're cool scenes but I don't think they uh I don't think I miss them for example when I watch the film definitely yeah. not you know and they're not yeah. scenes like oh I wish that was a cool shot I wish that was in there that's not really you know that's not yeah that's yeah, not yeah, really yeah. how I operate generally and that's not really you know I, there's a billion reasons why those, those, those shots aren't in there. So, you know, as, yeah. as much as like, sure, that, that, that I wish that showcased my work better. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, you yeah. Know, that's re- Obviously that's not what I got in the business for. <laughs> yeah. As a DP, right.
1: like more generally, is it difficult for you? Cause me and Christian, I guess Christian, you don't edit maybe your stuff as much, but I edit most everything that mm. I'm directing. And, uh, is it hard for you as a DP to kind of like, um, you know, like capture this footage that you're really proud of and then just kind of like release it, you know, like,
0: yeah, (laughs) you know
2: what, To be totally honest with you. It's not. And I don't mean to to say like, you know, I figured it out or something like that. It's, but it never has been a problem for me. Yeah. Um, You know, if you got into the, if you, you know, went to film school or you learned about filmmaking in any way and you, you chose to be a DP I think you know that there's other. There's another side to this called editing. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> and right. and to to try to present an argument that uh, is ever to say like, well, my role is is, is trumps your role in any way. I, I just don't. I just don't understand that perspective. Yeah. Um, so I've never yeah. been the person that like was disappointed. I mean, if if I was disappointed in anything ever in, in edit, I, I just would say, yeah, but like I, I would maybe be missing. Oh, a a really wonderful performance that I sort of thought, oh, that was so strong. I wonder what happened. Um, yeah, but you know, editors are—I I love editors actually. And so, so right. I, right. I know that I, you know, I I have faith in that they're making the right choices always. You know, yeah. I, I think to to meddle in that and to freak out about something would be to—I would you know—become a stress ball at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah,
0: yeah. Sure. James, do you ever tell a director or? I mean, this could apply to commercial stuff as well. Maybe there's like a, a clientish type of producer or scenario, or whatever. But do you ever tell a director uh, no? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Actually, yeah, I hear
2: what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, what I try to do in situations where, like, maybe I disagree with it, or maybe I'm not on the same page. I usually will present my side of the, uh, of, of the argument in a way that's, you know, hopefully, you know, con- concise. I don't want we can't like talk about, you know, things for an hour and then make a the decision later. But, but when things are, when, when I presented with that kind of situation, I'll, I'll voice something, but I don't make it a point to say, I'll never do that. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, and if the, if it if it comes up a couple times, if I'm if I'm realizing that I'm, I'm I keep being asked something like that, or I keep finding myself in, in situations like that in the same project, I think it's a sign that you're not on the same page with the director. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and they're not right. understanding what they're hoping to get. Um, and that's a that's a sign of a much bigger problem than like, oh, technically we can't do that because this is this and this. Um, uh that's a sign that maybe there's something deeper wrong for sure. <laughs> right. And maybe a sign that you didn't do a good job in pre-production to be short, to mm. be honest. Yeah. Like right. Those, those, those moments usually come up because you know, you didn't discuss something that, that was really important to the director early on.
0: Right. I remember uh, a couple of years ago I was DP in a project. It was kind of a, I think it was a documentary project, but we were shooting this scene in a car and the director was, a, I was working with him for the first time and, and, um, had m- made this like you know whole kind of thing in the back seat so I could shoot behind him on like a big camera on, like a dragon or something and uh and we were ready to go and I saw the director like two like five minutes before we were supposed to go out he like went and just like slapped like a GoPro <laughs> on the front to like get like a front okay. angle of it yeah and That's um tough. and then I just I like saw him do it but I just went over there and like turned it off <laughs> and uh <laughs> And I got, and we got back, and he looked at, he was like, oh man, the GoPro wasn't, I'm like, dang, dude, it wasn't, it wasn't going. I guess not. I don't know why. Uh. But I was like, you know, afterwards, I was like, if, if, in my head, I rationalized it because I said, you know, to myself, if he, if he shoots it, he's going to use it. And then people are going to think that I put a GoPro yeah. there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I spent all this time making this thing sure. beautiful, I'm making yeah. some, yeah. you know, that's tough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: I don't know what to say, man. That's 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 a hard one. I you know
0: maybe not directly saying yeah. no to a director, but maybe like <laughs> but just manipulating uh, the situation. <laughs> manip- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. How do you manipulate a situation on set? To uh, favor
2: you, <laughs> you know. I mean, depending on the aesthetic of the show, I mean, you know, I'm guessing the GoPro was not conducive to what you were hoping for in terms of an image. Um,
0: it's yeah.
2: never going <laughs> right? But, but like, say for example, like you were, you were shooting on anamorphic lenses or something that's so con- not compatible with this GoPro idea. You know, I would just pre- right. I present those situations like, man, this will never cut in your scene. So if you want this shot, let's do that shot, right?
0: But right. like,
2: let's let's Absolutely. let's get it for you so you have it. But I, I, it can't be with this camera because you'll hate yourself later in the editing room because this will never work for you. Right. So, so let's make sure that we you know, schedule our day accordingly. Or in this situation, you know, I'm sorry, we, we're going we're gonna to need another hour for this scene. And I, you know, and I apologize, but to get this shot, which I know is important to you, you know, let's, let's, let's after this behind the seat thing, right. let's stop for a second, remount, remount our cameras to make sure we get this moment for you that you're looking for.
1: James is of- so much more yeah. diplomatic than <laughs> you. <for sure. laughs> James, anything you'd you'd say if you said it like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I get why you win yeah, arguments. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tough, I have a beautiful, lovely wife that I need to sort of pre- sometimes present arguments that way with. I've gotten better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this musical break is brought to you by our friends at Musicbed. Bed. You know we we'll be Gonna say goodbye Go and get your clothes. In a hundred years When you're just a haze on the water And then when it clears It's another turn to discover But you know They'll have to let go Like you Their library of music is expanding every day ranging from electronic and hip-hop to indie rock and classic artists like Johnny Cash Right now, they're offering 20% off their entire purchase by entering the code GOOD at checkout. Head over to musicbed.com for more info. For more than a decade, Kessler Crane has been designing and manufacturing innovative tools for filmmakers, including camera cranes, jibs, motion control systems, sliders, dollies, tripods, and other camera accessories. They also have a commitment to making products in the USA.
1: For more info, go to kesslercrane.com/good. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R C-R-A-N-E.com/good. Also, enter the code GOOD podcast during checkout, save 10% off your entire order.
0: Now let's get back to the show. Uh, James, by hearing Jared's voice, (laughs) uh, can you, can you guess his relationship status? And if he is one, how many kids does
2: he have? Oh, that's great. Okay. So I'm going to (laughs) guess, is this a trick question? Is he not married? Has no kids? I feel like that's not you. You guys wouldn't do do that. that. No, I'd say, I'd say Jared's married and I'd say he's got two young kids. Oh. And one is maybe new.
1: So close, man. <laughs> so I've close. got, I've got
2: three. Oh gosh! Wow. <laughs> Congratulations!
1: Yeah, thanks. Three, three girls just happened. They all yeah, just, just fell out.
2: Holy moly! That's no, no, exactly. no, no, that's not true. He's oh, he just lying. Fell out. <laughs> um, how about you? Do you have kids, James? No kids. I have a wife and no children. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about it. It's, it's, it's a game changer. Oh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> You know, I know it's tough. Like she, she's a producer. Like she was was actually one of the producers on Moonlight. Uh, Oh, that's amazing. So, so, uh, how, how is that? Cause I'll speak for,
1: for my situation. So Maria is my wife. She's, uh um, amazing. We both, we met in art school. Uh She, she studied something different. I studied film Mm -hmm. and, uh, but like we've tried to like work on stuff together Mm -hmm. and it is, we've just totally agreed that we'll never work on anything (laughs) together ever. when it comes to like film, how is that, how does that work with you guys?
2: Um, so I think we, we've known, so she went to film school with Barry too. So she goes back that long. Yeah. So we start and we didn't date then, for example, um, or anything like that.
1: Where did you go? where did you go to
2: school? uh, Florida state film school. Okay, cool. Florida state university. Um, so, uh, I think since she knew me possibly in a different capacity, you know, early on in our, you know, in knowing each other and working together and our friendship and things like this. Yeah. That's always been a dynamic within our relationship. Um, and so, and, you know, I think we both respect one another immensely in terms of, you know, our personal goals and our careers. And, you know, I would never want to make choices that made her sacrifice those goals. Um, and I think, I imagine she feels the same way about me as well. Um, so, um, so basically, you know, I think, I think she just sort of, um, since we know each other in this di- different capacity that doesn't have to do with our marriage specifically, Yeah, I think we can always, we sort of are able to navigate that in a way that maybe is unique to us a little bit. Does that make yeah. sense? So yeah, but it's awesome. actually not that hard, not to, not to say we don't have arguments because we do. And so, I mean, the D the DP producer relationship is sort of, you know, Ripe with conflict. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so a lot of things get carried home and we're working on that. <laughs> we're, we're trying to yeah. make sure the, the work stops at the office and we can get home and, and, and you know, but you know, we're also obsessive people. <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes that's hard to do. Um, um, so yeah, it's tough, but uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not possible.
1: Okay. I, I have a question. Um, what is like your pet peeve on set? You don't, James, you don't seem like a person that would like freak out. You don't seem like a yeller, but <laughs> yeah. what would like take you to the brink?
2: You know, it's tough for me. I hate loud noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate a lot of Like, yeah. you know, t- talking around the camera, which, in the, it's, which inevitably is also talking around the actors. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't mean talking about the project and the job. I mean, like just social. Chit chat, yeah. And, and then you know, what happens is like then everyone starts doing it and then everyone's voice gets louder and, and the volume of the set just naturally progressively goes up in volume. Yeah. So I hate that. That's, that's where I draw the line that drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a good, that one, dude. a good one. I don't think I would have thought about that, but I just, I think in any set that I'm on, I always like that. I it, it Inevitably I get mad at like, I, I have to like leave a situation as opposed yeah. to like, making it a thing like, hey, when you're on set, like, shut the fuck up, It's important, man. But it's really, it's like a spiritual thing, you know, like being on set is like a spiritual thing. And like, there's a lot of transcendence that we're trying to bring into something. And if someone's just like talking about, you know, baseball or some shit, like. It it
1: becomes like so pedestrian.
0: Yeah. It becomes like, oh, we're working, you know. When it's like, this is art. We're not working right now. Yeah, it's to- tough. I and
2: mean, that goes into something else that's actually really interesting that I, I was <laughs> curious about what you guys think about this. The, the idea that the DP, amongst other positions on set, is also someone who manages people in a, in a way that you don't get taught in film school. Mm. This idea that like, because we were yeah. talking about this idea that, that the crew just thinks of the, of the work as a job. And the expectation that you think, you know, your, your dolly grip, your camera loader, you know, your prop person can ever really think and have emotional responses to the film, the same way you do as a DP or the director, the cast, Mm. that's sort of asking a lot on some level, I think actually. And I don't blame them for having that perspective of the job being a job. Um, It is, it is a job for, for, for many people. And there's I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se. Um, But, you know, I think I try to do this anyway in my job is to try to, try to you know instill some element of inspiration towards those folks yeah that that hopefully gets them on on board in terms of you know maybe they you know maybe you know they're not looking to the lens they're not they're not making choices the way i'm making choices on set but hopefully at the very least they can sort of respect the process and maybe in addition to that also sort of like say to themselves well i don't know what's going on here but it sort of feels good (laughs) Yeah, and and I'm going to rally and and get behind these guys because seemingly they're onto something. And if they need me to be quiet, I'm going to be quiet. At least in my jobs, um, the the work I've I've done in the past, the DP has a role there to play that is sort of, sort of unspoken actually, and not talked about very often. Yeah, Uh, you know, unlike the first AD, for example, they're 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 organizing, they're yelling, they they have a dynamic to the crew that is a different version of respect.
0: Right. The DP
2: has this interesting position where, like, they're they're in charge of all the lighting departments and the camera departments, and yeah. they even ask for props on set, and they can. They have this really interesting sort of uh, position where people look to them, I think, yeah. for how to respond to a situation, um, unlike anyone oh. else on set. I think it's it, it, yeah. it does become the DP's role, I think, a little bit to manage the personalities a little bit in a way that's I think kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I feel like, um, creating some kind of like culture mm-hmm. onset is a really big deal. You know, like, I guess you could name it or define it in different ways, but, um, whatever, like the vibe is on set where like the culture is of, mm-hmm. of everybody who's kind of joining together to make something, um, is yeah. important. It's really important. It's huge. It's is enormous. there, I'd, I'd be curious. Um, you know, is there something like kind of a, a, a practice that you have, um, that you do personally, or maybe even, uh, Barry or other directors that you've worked with that you've seen them try to intentionally kind of, uh, create a specific kind of culture on set.
2: Uh, absolutely. You know, there's the two directors I've worked with recently, uh, Barry and also <laughs> oddly enough, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin uh, is someone uh, <laughs> who in every morning and every evening, you know, delivers like a Rudy esque speech awesome. <laughs> to the crew. Yeah. <laughs> that is totally inspiring and totally gets you on, on the page. Like it's dig in and make something cool today. Yeah. Um, uh, and Barry does something similar. He doesn't give speeches per se, but the, you know the way in which he's on his feet in the morning, the way he's running around the set, and, and yeah. his energy on set absolutely sets the tone. Yeah. Um. So those two guys do do I think the same thing, but in a different way. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Barry also does something that I think is really great, and I recommend anyone do this. I love doing it myself. We've won on sets without Barry. It's play music on set, and I don't yeah. mean it to be loud because it, it needs to be soft, but music really quickly can set a tone uh, yeah. like immediately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one example that I use oftentimes uh, um, when I'm behind, when I know I'm behind schedule on a day and we're, maybe we just got out from lunch and everyone's had a full stomach and everybody kind of wants to take a nap <laughs> yeah I was <laughs> so like right. behind I will play I'll pull up on my phone uh, the Monday night football song <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
2: and i just played that for about like three minutes and it, it kind of gets people revved up <laughs> that's amazing
0: that's a good idea i'm gonna write that, that down works, man. write
2: that down
0: hey real quick while we're on the subject or you, while you mentioned mm-hmm. kevin smith um which is originally where I heard your name from Was from watching Tusk with my brother Or my brother said uh, He called me up one day Because I was coming back to New Orleans And he was like, hey, when you get here uh, We need to watch a movie <laughs> together And he said it was Tusk And I was like, okay And I knew Kevin Smith, you know, obviously yeah. from um, Clerks and all that stuff But um, we, we don't need to talk about <laughs> Tusk Can uh, could be a long conversation Yeah sure. Uh, maybe before we end, but on a director level, from Kevin to Barry to, I mean anybody else that you may work with, however different their styles may be or whatever, uh, is there some th- kind of through line to like every director that you see that is attractive? Yeah, to that you? is
2: so fascinating, man. Um, I don't know the answer. It's hard and I, and I sort of been starting to know the answer, but only recently, um, you know, I, I, leaving film school and in, 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 in what you're taught in that at that place as a DP is your. I don't know. The intention seems to be pushed that you can do anything. You should be able to do a comedy. You should be able to do a drama. You should be able to do all these things. And you should be good at all of those things as a DP. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, as as someone who also likes movies, I like all those kinds of movies too. I don't just like dramatic work. I like you know, dumb and dumber. I like whatever. You know, I like all kinds of things. Um, so I want to do all those kinds of things, which is, to, which is sort of why I think when you look at my resume, it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, really confusing. Sure. And I get confused when I look at my resume. Like, what did I do? I don't get it. How did I, well, how did I wind up there? Um, but that stems from the want to kind of try it all on some level and to see what sticks and what I'm, you know, maybe what, what I'm good at or, or whatever. And, and the, the truth is also too, like, you know, Moonlight could only look the way Moonlight looks because of things I learned on Tusk. And yoga mm, hosts for example. Wow, yeah, sure. Um, and so as much as sort of, I can sort of say, well, you know, my personal voice maybe isn't like, you know, yoga host, or let's say, or the things that I respond to personally are maybe not like that. Uh, there's also great value in doing those things occasionally. Um, Uh, and, you know, and working with Kevin was great. We get along really well and I I respect the hell out of him. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think it's very often a filmmaker in there, you know, I'm not even sure how old Kevin is, but you know, he's been around a long time can reinvent himself and try something totally new and maybe, maybe, maybe it doesn't work for people and that's totally fine as well. But like the guts it takes to already have an established career and then do a U-turn and try something completely different. No, it, whether it works or not, you know, debatable, um, or maybe it doesn't, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, but at the right. very least, I think it's pretty rad to have someone like that. Try that. I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. um, but, uh, the through line, going back to the original question, the through line, um, you know, I think it's sort of, I, I tend to like stories and directors who want to tell stories that are about, um, oh, I don't know, subjects that are not, you know, not seen every day on film basically. And that's really vague, obviously it's a super lame answer. Um, But, but I think that's, that's, that's the initial thing that I get, I get attracted to on a project. Um, Just something different, something new, Um, taking characters that maybe I've I've seen before and and take them somewhere new. That's in school. But other than that, I think, you know, And the truth is the last sort of number of years in my career, I've just been pretty, you know, I would say, again, going back to the first thing I said, just try a bunch of stuff and sort of see what works. And I think with Moonlight, Mm -hmm. I sort of found a a project and a style of working in a a cinematic language that that actually means a lot to me personally. Um, And I think, okay, got it. Now I see where my voice is sort of suited towards and let me attack that going forward. Um, but it took me a while to get there. I'm also really hard headed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I don't, I'm a pretty stubborn person. And, um, if I want to try a bunch of stuff, I end up doing it even though, even if, you know, looking back like, Oh, those that was a weird choice. I should probably shouldn't have done that. Um, (laughs) uh, I, I really, you know, I'm that kind of kid that put his hand on the stove too often. Like I want to, you know, see what that feels like. Um, yeah, I mean like that was cool for me. And so, uh, you know, I think with Moonlight, I sort of, again, going back, kind of found myself on some level. Um, so that through line, <laughs> I think even for me, is hard to find, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. You know, and looking at my website, it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. Like, there's just, a, <laughs> who, who is this DP we're hiring? Like, no one knows what they're going to get. <laughs> Do, you,
0: Do you have that come, come into play when, I guess, when you're doing commercial stuff? Yeah.
2: Definitely. And the commercial,
0: well, how often do you do commercials?
2: So that's really new for me. So, I, you know, it's, it's really? the world that I never started in, but I kind of I started to try and dip my toes into about a year and a half ago. Um, like I started doing movies for like zero money. The first two feature films, like, like no one got paid on. Uh, it was, one of them was wow. Barry's, Barry's first film, uh, Medicine for Melancholy. And it was just like, that's where I come from. I come from this like, you know, let's just get it done kind of mentality and i sort of work myself up the budgetary ladder you know over and over and over again um uh so so commercials are new so so but i do actually really like them um you know i i i I talk to people who like kind of come from that background and you can get burnt out and maybe there's some negative things about them but so far i've had a great time (laughs) to be honest with you and money is money aside I, i just sort of i actually really do enjoy the the Telling a story really quickly, um, the, the the kind of creative and the kind of aesthetic, like visual aesthetics that seem to, to sort of stem from that part of the business, I think are sort of exciting on some level. Um, and there's also something cool about like looking at a board and going like, okay, we achieved whatever is in that box by doing X, Y, and Z. Let's do those things. And something like about oh, yeah. that is also kind of interesting to me as well. Like, Let's do what's in that box and, and, and focus on that. Hmm. As opposed to in a feature where you're sort of that box is, you know, malleable and, and it shifts and moves over there and you're kind of you know, adapting to things. You know, that's been kind of cool about like, just, you know, let's do that thing that we said we do.
0: <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. Do you think there's um, something to, uh, it's not really a, a question, but maybe more for Jared, but, you know, seeing people start in commercials that like say, you know, their end goal is like feature films or something, as opposed to someone who just starts with feature films and then figures their way out of that. Like, what do you think is like the, um, the difference, I guess, I know it's hard because you didn't start with commercials or, um, you know, you kind of started with what you wanted Mm -hmm. to do. Do you think it's hard, or do you think it'd be hard going from, and this is kind of an open question, but would it be hard going from commercials to feature films as opposed to the other way around, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't,
2: you know, I see a lot of uh, DPs who have had fantastic careers who started in commercials and ended up in features. Um, So I don't think there is a a challenge. I mean, it's different, of course. Different processes and and different kind of collaborations exist within different different, those different fields. But um, just looking back at you know watching other people sort of find find their way in the world in that sense. It doesn't seem to be a massive problem, uh, you know. On some level, yeah. uh, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Michael Reagan, who shot the film Kicks, you know, yeah. he's someone yeah. who I, you know, I've known for a little while and um, and really admire his work as well. And you know, yeah, he killed it. He did a great job on Kicks. But he comes from commercials and music videos, obviously.
1: Yeah, we're we're both um, just trying to like kind of find our way in the commercial world. And you know, the, everybody, of course, the end goal is is to maybe not everybody, but um, the end goal is is to make films. You know, that's mm-hmm. kinda like why we started and um trying to figure out if there's a wrong way and a right way.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it just seems it just seems like uh you get so caught up with like making a living mm-hmm. at doing films that you uh you start to lose the opportunity to to do what you wanted to do in the first mm-hmm. place, you know. Which is a little bit scary.
2: Are you saying like you, to, to just to sort of exist and sustain financially, you have to be to do jobs that maybe creatively you're not so on board with. Is that <laughs> what you're saying? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's all right.
0: Sorry, my dog is literally <laughs> no, an
2: idiot. I've got two um, dogs that I'm sure are more idiots <laughs> than your dogs.
0: <laughs> hold on one second. I want to answer <laughs> Hold on.
2: I hope this makes it into the cut. Oh, it definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> that dog is uh, sponsored. On a side note, um, I think someone else you guys have interviewed in the past, uh, uh, Jen's Jacob. Jacob, you know that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it just is, yeah. Because we're sort of now start of talking about dogs and and things that don't exist to you know my 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 podcast personally, um, he used to be my camera intern a while back. Is that crazy? Really? <laughs> is that amazing? That not not used to be. He was he, on one feature film called uh, California Solo. He was our camera intern, and look at look at where he's gotten, man! It's crazy.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, yeah Jens is a good good dude.
2: He's a great guy. No, for sure, I love him.
0: Okay, as as I like, so you were saying, what what was the you said it. In such oh, sorry. A <laughs> we ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I, I, was it the whole? I'm trying to think of what it was. It was like the. It was basically like. um,
1: uh, <laughs> No, I'm forgetting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is it was the whole, like like, like, a, like a commercial find your way in, into feet? Oh no, I, I know what it was. It was. I, I think I asked you guys. Um, do you feel? Oh, so it sounds like you guys are. You know. Um, trying to just make your way in the world on a financial and, and sustain level and maybe agreeing to do projects that, that, uh, maybe you wouldn't feel so strongly about creatively. Is that, is that, sort of the conflict?
0: Yeah, I think it's more so about that stuff just in general, taking over the possibility or the, the, the path into doing features, Interesting. you know, um, which I don't know if there's an answer. It's just something that floats in my head. I'm sure it floats in Jared's yeah, head for as well. Sure. But it's it's this idea that like, um, yeah, like like surviving a, a, or making a living at doing film, um, you know, may may take over the uh, the desire, I guess, to keep going huh. to you know something that isn't going to pay as well or it's not going to be. You know, it's a much longer process and the, the game is a lot more, you know, the feature film, I mean, especially independent feature f- game right now is crazy. Yeah. You know, it's a miracle that anything gets yep. made to begin with, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, just in the climate that, that it is hard.
2: I, I think on that note a little bit, what seems to be, um, integral to sort of, I guess you could say finding your way, so to speak the in, in quotations, um, I found it to be really important that people see the work. <laughs> I know that's obvious. What do you mean? Meaning, like, if you could do, you could kill it. You could do amazing work. You could be like the best DP on the planet. But if you know that project doesn't get into a, a, a notable festival, or doesn't find distribution, or you know all the different ways in which people see work out there these days it's sort of a bummer. I mean, you know, at least career wise, uh, it sort of doesn't matter. Right. Cause the, the point is people need to see the work. Um, sure. and I don't mean to put all the, all the, you know, everything upon like you got to get into Sundance or you got to get in South by South. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just sort of saying you got to have a way for people to see the work and then respond to the work and hopefully be yeah. inspired by it. And you know if, if if the things you're doing aren't reaching an audience, um, that's huge. <laughs> Do you know what I mean like there's no way to get yeah. around that. Um, yeah so what I found for me early on was finding projects that I thought you know maybe uh, they, they, they seem to have a decent shot at finding an audience, whether that be because um, you know they have actors or actresses attached to them that inherently right. have a have a, have an audience that is sort of set up for them or it's with filmmakers that sort of have a track record of you know whatever blah right. blah blah but like maybe I'm sort of skirting around the answer a little bit but like that is huge and I think somewhat um, uh, yeah, I'm, maybe I'm being too business minded and you should sort of just choose projects for creative reasons and blah 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 uh, <laughs> all the things that people say you should but uh, I, I will say for me uh, I definitely think about like, well, how how does this project get out into the world, and who sees it, and and um, how does that affect me? Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Those are those are pretty specific interests that you know, especially this day and age when you know, like like you talked about, there's just it's hard to make a movie in the first place, but also. Also, seemingly there's a bills, billion of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, right. and
2: how do you find your way above the fray? And and you know and and you know what connections do you have that can help you to yeah get into those rooms? Blah blah. I mean, all that stuff is is seemingly like annoying and stupid and like all about like the business side of things. But it's something to think about at the very least, and definitely something to like you know um, process going forward as to how you sort of choose projects.
1: It's funny, it's right. it's interesting to think about, you know, like on my like Apple TV or whatever, just like scrolling through movies <laughs> yeah. and it's like every single little like rectangle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> equates to so much work oh and God. so much money. It's so depressing oh. just to think about like yeah. down the road, you know, like Definitely. I'm going to make a movie and then somebody's just going to like flip right past it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah
2: make, it, make, there's, make there's a cool there's,
0: there's more like, f- like feature films submitted into Sundance and South By than I will ever Fuck see in my entire life. life. It's like yeah, once a year.
2: It's tough, man. It's tough. You know? Yeah, I know. I do. Yeah. No. 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 I get it. I get it. So, I get it. Again, that's all the more reason to be sensitive and and, and think about like, you know, what about this project is going to get beyond that that yeah. you know ten thousand submissions. Yeah. Um, you know, is it you know, and then there's a lot of things that do that that make that work, but but having some of them is sort of important, I think. Because otherwise, what's yeah. that? Otherwise, like, yeah, and I've been there as well. Like, I've I've killed myself on a project, and, and you know, I've finished completely exhausted and got paid very little money for doing it. Um, yeah. And and that movie just disappears into the ether. Wow. Um, yeah, right. And that is a bummer, man, for sure. <laughs> so well, the lesson I learned was just like be be conscious of that. You know, be be conscious of um, of how you choose projects in that sense.
1: Well, moonlight obviously has not <laughs> been one of those. Uh, how, t- tell us, you know, how has this been different? Like, uh, how have things changed for you? Like, as your, <laughs> yeah. your your in but your email inbox is, is it look different than it did, you know, several months ago?
2: Um, yeah, there's a lot of congratulations in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, has it translated to more work and things that you're really excited about? Yes and no, uh, it's definitely giving me a calling card to try and put my foot further into the commercial space than it has before. So that's, that's yeah. a cool thing for me. Um, uh, feature wise is interesting. Yeah. There may maybe a handful more, more people saying, Hey, look at this thing. But, uh, nothing I've seen so far is perfect or the right thing seemingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I sort of feel like I'm publicly, (laughs) publicly, (laughs) like, (laughs) some people out right now. Um, uh, And I don't mean to. These are really great projects. I just mean to say what I do next is actually incredibly sensitive. Yeah. Um, And I'm trying to be conscious of that and sensitive to that that idea. Um, You know, I was given some advice uh, uh, um, recently, which was, you know, make moonlight the rule, not the exception. Wow. Um, which is, who told
0: you <laughs> that? What, what we know? I think we know? it was
2: a, a Jeremy Kleiner who's one of the producers on Moonlight. He's, he's a plant okay. producer. Some great great advice. advice. Uh, and I'm trying to take that to heart and to sort of say like, okay, I, I can't just go back to work. I need to make sure that what I go back to work on is, you know, gonna, gonna, you know, be as good or better or whatever, or just be in the ballpark, right. you know, and, 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 and just not, back to work to go back to work which is sucks because i love going back to work (laughs) yeah Yeah. like i actually enjoy getting up in the morning and going to work it's a big part of my personality it's sort of how i identify myself on some level so to sort of be patient which i'm not anyway (laughs) yeah it's a challenge actually yeah well
1: man we we wish you all the best is there any um any advice you would give to to young up-and-coming dps who are looking to you
2: yeah, you know, it's, someone gave me, it was a, a camera operator who, uh, I can't remember his name right now because it's so long ago, uh, but he used to operate camera, maybe he still does, for John Toll, um, said to me one day, you know, you're not hired because you know the gear better or whatever, because the guy that rental house probably knows it better than you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because those guys know the gear better than anyone does. They fix it, they repair it, they know it in and out. You're hired because how you communicate, With the director, how you communicate with Mm -hmm. the actors, and sort of who you are as a person, like that trumps all of it. I think, Uh, and I think that's really appropriate. You know, really astute, and and, and definitely, you know, you can you can be a technical wizard, and that's there's no slight against that whatsoever. Um, But I think at least seventy five percent of the job is, you know, how you present yourself, how you talk to one another, uh, how you communicate. Period. Um, It's a big, big part of the job.
1: I love it, James. So sage sage. nice. <laughs> James. Thanks so much for joining us, man. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are awesome. This episode of Good was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to call him, Christian Number Two.
0: As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two B's, and you can check out more of his music at CubbySounds.com.
1: Also, the season of Good is produced by our new friend Mary Taylor. Who'd also like to say something.
0: Jared, quick question. Am I getting paid? To find out more info about today's episode, make sure to go to goodthepodcast.com.